Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. I'm joined by JP Ong. And today, although it is Market View Rep, there is no Jeff Howie who has ditched us mm-hmm. for Tomasic Holdings. Yes, well, can't blame him really. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, duty yeah, calls, duty yeah, calls. And, yeah. yeah, so we know where we stand on his list of priorities. Pretty way down. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, we're, we're, we're there. But again, as I mentioned, you know, get in his shoes. Sorry, JP, I'd ditch you for Tomasic any day. I mean, that's uh, the, the feelings mutual, really. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the love yeah. this Friday. The, well, it's the love, but it's also because you could get some scoops out there, too. Absolutely. You know, and everybody wants to know what uh, one of the bigger um, uh, funds here in Singapore is thinking moving bigger. forward. Bigger, one of I the think bigger. It's the eight hundred pound gorilla. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There you go. And when the eight hundred pound gorilla beats its chest and says "Merry Christmas" or "Happy Holidays," you kind you might want to be with at least with an earshot of what they might have to say. So Absolutely. go for it, Jeff. Yeah. We okay. We'll miss you, but you know the show goes on. Now I'm looking at the numbers and the markets, and it's pretty much a sea of red, unless something has changed in the last few minutes. Uh, the only two markets I can see uh, right now that are gaining in the region are New Zealand. So the Kiwis are up by almost one percent down there, and the Indonesian Jakarta Composite out in Indonesia up by 0.7 percent. Otherwise, you're right; it's a wall of red, and I think it's also the sell-off that, uh, that that's just come a day late. A mm-hmm. uh, number of investors are are pointing again at the signing of the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act by U.S. President Donald Trump. Now, we didn't see that big of a reaction the other day. In fact, traders uh, and strategists at the Shinhan Financial Group, when they spoke to Yonhap News Agency, which is one of the bigger mm-hmm. Korean news agencies, they mentioned that they believe that a lot of the downside was priced in. Well, guess again, guys, um, that doesn't seem to be the case. And uh, the Singaporean markets are feeling the pain. A 0.4% intraday drop is all it took to actually see us fall convincingly below 3,200. And there's also a lot of value turnover supporting this particular uh, uh, fall. We're seeing about 687 million Singapore dollars in Mm. total trades changing hands, and that has supported it. Across the broader, a lot of movement. It is a lot of movement. But across the broader mainboard catalyst, it's a little bit more even. Yes, the red team is winning. 149 stocks mm. and REITs are trading lower. But there's about 122 gainers. What's interesting, though, is that there's a lot of stocks that are pretty much unchanged and middling at the moment. So folks are still considering what the deal is across that particular space. But today is a day for the blue chips, at least, to shy and wilt and, and turn a bit red. You're seeing the likes of DBS and OCBC down by more than 1%. The banks across the board not doing very well today. Um, we're seeing Yang Zichang Shipbuilding, which is one of the more sensitive uh, stocks to U.S.-China trade relations, relatively flat. A lot of strategies have pointed out today that if uh, the, the signing of this, uh, the, this act could potentially compromise any phase one deal between mm-hmm. the U.S. and China. The folks have said before that, yeah, maybe they can silo these things and and uh, and keep these uh, issues separate. But, you know, Hong Kong is a very touchy subject for the folks in the mainland. So the, so w- what kind of repercussions this might, uh, this might uh, unleash mm-hmm. towards the markets or towards the U.S., what it might do to overall, not just economic and trade relations, but also overall diplomatic relations between China and the U.S. is a big question. Um, there is some hope. There are some stocks that are doing well today. AEM, for one is on a bit of a tear today. They're up by about 4.7%. DBS rated them a buy. They said they were initiating coverage on the stock, and they're saying that uh, there's going to be some upside for uh, for AEM in the future. 
And uh, Thai Beverage, which actually prompted a query from the SGX today. Thai Beverage, which is once again the year's best performing blue chip year to date. They lost that title to Maple Tree Commercial just the uh, last Wednesday, but they're back in front and by a bit of a margin. They're up by about 47, 48% that in today's session. That would raise session. an eyebrow. Yes, and the, and the, and the SGX has asked, hey guys, do you know of anything that's going on at the moment? Mm-hmm. We're waiting for confirmation from Thai Beverage, but on, on my lunch break, I snuck over to the uh, Bloomberg terminal of mm-hmm. the Business Times, and there was a very interesting article there, uh, care of Bloomberg, that says that Thai Beverage is considering an IPO of their brewery business, and it could be done here in Singapore, in fact. And I think this, is, this could also be one of the biggest listings in Singapore in almost a decade. How much is this, uh, how big is this uh, brewery business of Thai beverage? Well, some are valuing the unit, some, people, some of Bloomberg sources are valuing the unit at about 10 billion US dollars. Mm. And that's, a, that's no small change. In fact, if they IPO and they do draw that kind of uh, valuation, it could be the largest listing since Hutchison Port Holdings in 2011, which is when they raised about $5.5 billion. So with that kind of uh, valuation, it'll also make them one of the biggest beer companies in the entire region because Thai Beverage is no slouch. They, 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 they're basically in the same weight class as the likes of Qingdao Brewery, as Qingdao Brewery in, in China. So again, this could be a huge deal and drawing a lot of interest once again. We were concerned about Thai Beverage, right? Because right. There, was, uh, there, were, there were signs of them starting to, to wane, um, lose we were their con- shine a tad. Lose their shine a little bit. The luster's off. And I think the concern was that, you know, it, this is as good as it gets for Thai Beverage. They've been topping the STI pretty handily for most of the year. And mm. maybe there's nothing left in the tank at the moment. Maybe it's time to t- start taking some profits if markets start to go a bit uh, a bit more south before the year end. Well, you're looking for another impetus or a catalyst to, to, to a prompt investment of Thai Beverage. Well, here you go. Now, we have to wait for Thai Beverage to actually comment because uh, nothing is more certain than what comes out of the horse's mouth. Sorry for calling you guys horses, guys, but you are a winning horse, nevertheless. Uh, but Thai Beverage, uh, you know, if, if this news bit from Bloomberg is true, it's going to really shake up the IPO space next year. And finally, something that's not REIT-related, right? Mm. You know, when you were talking about Thai beverage, the only thing I could think of was there's going to be some Christmas cheer. That's not just a rumor. Oh, well, that's the other thing, too. It's not just a rumor, but, uh, you know, I mean, alcohol consumption tends to go up during the holiday season as Mm. well. Um, I know folks in Thailand probably don't, uh, maybe they don't, they're not as crazy about Christmas as we are, but I could be wrong. But nevertheless, it is a very festive two months in Thai beverage. And uh, there, there have been signs that the government has started to support consumption, which has been lifting um, consumption of spirits out in Thailand also. That could also bode well for Thai beverage. And this could just be the two in a one-two punch if they proceed with it. But we have to wait, remember, for a Thai beverage to actually confirm if this is true or not. Just like you have to wait at the bar for the beer to be yeah, pulled. There you go, you know, or else, or else you'll get a little bit too much head or froth on top of your Absolutely. lager. Absolutely, you know? you've got to get that beer. Just oh, sorry, it's a pilsen. Right. Pilsens are the is, are the predominant beer of choice here in Southeast Asia because is it really? Well, you know what the thing was. I read a very interesting article as to why pilsen because you look at the San Miguel back mm. in my home country. Mm-hmm. You've got the type, you've got some of the beers, Singha and all that. One of the reasons why it's uh, why pilsens and, and and lagers tend to be. Uh, favored in this particular region is because they tend to hold up very well in heat. Mm. And they also tend to be very refreshing during because of how crisp they are. Nothing like a nice ice cold beer after a hot game yeah, of golf. Yeah, and remember, they're lagers in Pilsen's <laughs> mostly. And they tend to hold up very well. That's, well, that's what some of the brewers who used to come to Southeast Asia centuries ago noticed. And mm. so they just noticed, hmm, you know, this is actually what holds up really well. And I think it really holds up well 
with regards to the climate here. And that's why, you know, there's there's nothing like a crisp San Miguel, at least back home, when it's humid and muggy. Well, oh. I don't know about you, but nothing nothing ends a golf game better for me than a beer. So since mm. we've already done beer, let's do golf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting news here. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what would you like to know about... Uh, what I call the frustrating game. <laughs> it is the frustrating game. It is, no, no, no. It is the humbler. It is the, the great humbler. The great humbler. All right. So there is a trust on the SGX called Accordia Golf Trust. Mm-hmm. Their units, get this, are up 12.5%. So you thought Thai Beverage is doing really well today. Well, Accordia Golf Trust both saying, eyebrows raised no, over that. No, Accordia Golf Trust saying, it will hold my beer, for lack of a better term. <laughs> They're up by 12.5% to 67.5 cents today. And uh, there is a news this time coming, fr- uh, which, uh, which we read on the Business Times today, is that Accordia Golf Trust has received a proposal from a potential buyer for all of its golf courses. Now, this, the trust manager has said that they are they are currently evaluating the proposal. I mean, this is one of those things that kind of catches you off guard. You're like, wait, you want to buy everything under the All under my it. roof? You want to you want to clear me out? And we don't even know if Accordia really wants to sell or right. if they had any intention. But this, uh, I would I would probably be like, wait, time out. Let me let me let me assess what everybody what this has thing their is. price, and everyone has a price. Accordia earlier this November declared a distribution per unit also of about two. 0.07 yen, or about 2.61 Singapore cents. And I bring that up because um, their profits were up by 29% in the first half of their fiscal year. So who is Accordia Trust and where, which golf courses they do they run? Well, you'll have to go over to the land of the rising sun. And out in Japan is where most of their golf courses are. They have an p- initial portfolio apparently, of about 89 golf courses Mm. all across Japan. 70% of them concentrated around the greater Tokyo, Nagoya, and Osaka regions. Pretty areas. And uh, and the total appraisal value was about 144.7 billion yen overall. So um, no chump change to acquire all of that. Those are definitely nice golf courses. I've never been been to Japan, so I wouldn't know. But I've I've heard that these are they have some some pretty difficult golf courses out yes, there. Yes, that, that, that told me that as well. <laughs> that as well, right? But nevertheless, it seems somebody really really wants to go play some golf, and they really really want to get take take advantage of this portfolio. It could also be again, as we mentioned, first half profits under fiscal year were up by about twenty nine percent because of improved performance of the golf courses. Maybe Japanese people. Well, we know Japanese people really like to play golf. But the, the metrics, at least supporting Accordia Golf Trust, shows that you know if net profit, if there is something that will suggest that net profits will grow at the solid clip for the next couple of years, it might be a good time to actually acquire them. Uh, but, but we also uh, we we're also trying to find some information as to who the uh, potential buyer is. It's a moment. secret still. It's a secret still. But Accordia Golf Trust has, has acknowledged, yep, someone's come according, and someone's someone's asked us uh, about our portfolio and might want to take the whole shebang. You know, this is very interesting to me because I've had conversations with people who do run golf courses and some very, very, very fine ones. And it has been a concerted, well, it's been a concerted attempt on the parts of the golf courses to get golfers back. Mm. But there has been a decline in the interest in the sport over the last few years, especially after Tiger Woods stopped his winning ways. Yes. But th- this this uh, performance of theirs is quite interesting because mm. that's painting a different picture. Well, we also have to remember that Japan has a slightly older demographic too, and uh, th- perhaps they veer towards the, this uh, the frustrating game, as I call it, more, <laughs> maybe it's more not than so other younger. Yeah, maybe not so. But I think it's also. 
I mean, look, uh, sport, these, some sports, I think one of the issues of golf for the longest time also was how accessible it is for the common person to mm-hmm. play golf. Mm-hmm. And it's always been viewed as kind of one of those sports that uh, veers on towards, uh, dare I say, elite sports. There is a high cost sports. There has been a move to try to commoditize it and try to make it more accessible. But nevertheless, I think it still has that sort of sheen. And I think um, I don't see a lot of young people, to be honest, who have expressed. And maybe I'm just hanging out with the wrong young people. Right? You're hanging out with the wrong young people. Then I then everybody then I play the golf with is actually younger than I am. Ah, there you go. So and and that's annoying because they came to the game a lot, you know, more recently than. And by I the did. way, mind you, I'm not. I'm no golf expert, but <laughs> but ima- but the advances in equipment that over the last true. couple of years. I mean, it it must make older golfers cringe and go, "You kids have it so easy." <laughs> yes, yes. Having said that, it's not like I'm so old that I was playing with wooden golf clubs. No, but Just I mean, but saying. <laughs> I, I I know. Yeah, for the record, yeah, and no, no, no offense meant, <laughs> meant there, but. Even over the last 15, 20 years, I mean, I, I pick up the game again about a year ago just so I could hang out with my dad at the golf course when mm. I in Manila. And when I first got back, I said, OK, let's go buy a new set of clubs. I was flabbergasted with just how different the feel was, the look. I didn't know somebody. I didn't know that three irons were not cool anymore, <laughs> for one. That's how bad it was. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So I, I felt I definitely felt my age there. And I felt and. But, They're an yeah, old man's club, just so you know. Yes, it's a it's a it's a game for the classics out there, but technology does not stop even for golf, does it? And they've actually made their golf clubs look uh, really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, now the markets are pretty lackluster and sluggish, so let's end this week of market view on a high. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about. A 39-year-old Singaporean billionaire. Yes. I like this story. He has actually cracked this. This is a story we've, uh, we've gleaned actually from Bloomberg. And they pointed out that there is a, there is a, a, a Gang Ye, who is the co-founder of C-Limited, has now joined his co-founder, Forrest Lee, in the Billion Dollar Club. And uh, it's all down again to mobile games. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I remember watching on Netflix an estimate. This was, I think, uh, Hassan Minaj's Patriot Act, where he actually tackled... The, uh, the e-game industry and apparently the revenues now or the size of this re- industry might be bigger than the big four biggest the four biggest uh, professional leagues professional sports leagues in the US combined mm-hmm. and uh, if you are in e-gaming at the moment you do have a lot of upside because it's growing by leaps and bounds this man Mr. Gangye is one of those folks he has uh, he is basically with C Limited actually uh, at having some of the, one of their titles Free Fire Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm a complete Neanderthal when it comes I have to no games. Idea. But this mobile game apparently is the fifth, is one of the five most downloaded games in both Apple and Google's app stores for three straight quarters this year. And they've already amassed about a billion dollars in adjusted revenue since they launched in just 2017. And this has driven the valuations of C Limited, which, by the way, is listed out in New York, up and has lifted the. Uh, the worth of Forrest Lee, who's one of the, who's their founder mm-hmm. earlier this year to a billion dollars. And now we've seen his co-founder, Gang Ye, join him in that particular club. Who is Gang Ye? Well, he is a Carnegie Mellon University alum. That's, a, that's one of the better schools out in Pittsburgh in the U.S., for some who don't know. And apparently he, he used to cut his teeth at Wilmar International and also Singapore's Economic Development Board. Um, at the moment, he, he holds an 8.4% stake in the company. So that, that goes to show that, that C-Limited is... Is that about eleven, maybe twelve billion dollars at the moment? That's enough to lift him to just exactly a billion dollars, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. And uh, shares have reached an all-time high this month, and not for any 
bad reason. In fact, Sea Limited apparently reported that the revenue in the third quarter tripled three times to six hundred ten point one million U.S. dollars. And as long as they keep not bad, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things when you're in gaming also is. This is all community. It's funny. I was speaking with my sister actually the other day, and mm-hmm. I think this is something because I was talking to her also about some of the challenges that the media industry faces. And one of the things she said was, "You, you know what we do?" Because she's in the book publishing industry in Manila. She says you have to build communities mm-hmm. around your shows, around your content, and really figure out well what do the communities want, and then tailor the shows this way. So you have to have a pulse of that in gaming. That's something they've actually done because they have all of these folks gaming on one platform, playing and, each other, and, and speaking to each other. Most right. of it, by the way, is very juvenile trash talk, mind you, I which thought. makes me fun, which makes me <laughs> laugh. But nevertheless, you're like, God, they, they got everyone's twelve years old on this platform, right? But sometimes you get an idea of, well, what do the people want and how do we develop our games that way? This is one of the things that mobile gaming actually drives forward. And it just got me to thinking that, you know, the challenges and the uh, order winners that both media and mobile gaming face, they're kind of similar in that sense. Yep. So we just need to create a community of more than just your dad and my husband. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Hey, 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 Jeff Howie's out there too. Oh, Jeff yeah, Howie, that's come on, right. Guys. We, we have and to, his wife. Yes, and, and but more importantly, I think the, the, the key there also is, well, what, what do these folks want? Whether it's five or five million right, people right. following you, what do they want and how do we make sure we can drive that content to make sure, to make sure it keeps them glued to us? Also. I think that question is relevant to anyone in business that either sells a service or a product. So mm-hmm. there, folks, Food for thought on yes. this Friday afternoon. The, and these are all principles that are just reinvented. It's just that your audience is changing. I'm, mm-hmm. the, and I'm sure the mobile gamers are a very different audience from ours, maybe. But I could be wrong. They sure are younger. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Market View Rap with J.P. Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.